previous knee right squarely on Wahoo's nose. And as Wahoo comes up, he comes up a little bit sober, perhaps, but you can bet that that Indian is thinking terms that would burn Harley Race in the state. This week, we're going to start off talking about a little bit about the different kinds of things I've done, Meet's done as a career. Meet, you have a couple of interesting job stories. Like, what are the different things you've done as work? As a Zamboni driver, robust driver, and as a uh-huh. garbage man. I worked, at, I worked at a hotel. I worked at Tesla. I mean, I'd, I'm across the board, and I worked in the kitchen. Can I ask you, how's driving the Zamboni? I think all little kids who like h- hockey love the Zamboni, and they think it's like the coolest thing. How is that? It's actually it's it's one of the coolest jobs I think I ever had. You had I got all the ice time I ever wanted after too because I'm the one who's cleaned the ice. So I right. I used to stay at the rink. I used to work until like midnight, one o'clock, and then I'd be at the rink till four in the morning skating, trying to you know just work on my skills. The job itself, though, I yeah. mean, until, when you do that though, then you learn how to paint the ice. I mean, everyone, no one realizes that the ice is painted. You know, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, the ice is painted white, and all the lines are painted. I mean, at least back then it used to be. Now they have, like, um, there's, like, templates and, like, tissue paper that they put on the ice now, so you don't have for uh, eco-friendly. So when, right. when you take the ice out, when you take the ice out, you don't have all that paint and stuff just running into the water system. So uh. it's, like, all... There's like all these like uh, like tablets and stuff that you put under. Basically, like if you look at like the I know for a fact that Maple Leafs and the Sabers use they use templates and it's um it's like a big uh, like a sheet like that you just paint it's over, a big right? Thing, yeah, yeah. You just you just put it right on and then you just you just freeze it to the ice and then you yeah. just you just build it up over. I know we're boring the fuck out of Mike. He has no interest in <laughs> hockey whatsoever, right? <laughs> hockey fake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, all right, so is that your favorite job, would you say? The best job you've had? Was that being a Zamboni driver? Yeah, it was. I pushed the envelope with that job so many times. <laughs> you don't actually have to work a, a long time, right? Like, it's just in between periods. So you're standing around for three hours working 10 minutes, right? That's essentially what yeah, it is. Yeah, but, you know, you're pretty much maintenance for the, for the building, though. When I worked at the rake, I mean, there was people that just do, they were supposed to do everything, and that's all they did was just do the floods between periods, and then at the end of the night. What team did you do it for? Did like a local private rink here. Oh, I, I see. To, I, I wasn't big time. I mean, everyone aspires to do it, you know, at the, at the arena during an NHL game, but right. not me. Yeah. So if I think about the different careers that I've done, I've done lots of like things that don't seem like the same person did them. Like I did, I did painting work once before. I did. I helped a lady move her dock in freezing cold river, like in a river. I had to go in the river and lift the dock out of there. Or I worked as a teacher. I run my own operations now. I was a vice president of a publicly listed company. I worked in a high school. Like I've done like all these kind of different things. You know, it's hard for me to say what's the best or most exciting job. And I, as I'm getting older and older, I'm tending to think like a job isn't really what's exciting. What's exciting is what you are able to take away from it. Like not in terms of income. But like the experiences, the people you meet, the things you get to do on the job per se, not the job itself. And I really think like the job that I'm doing now, like right now with you and Mike and doing this podcast, this is by far the most enjoyable job I've ever had in my life. I don't there's no issue about how much money I'm making. There's no issue about like how I'm like thinking about the growth of this or what money is coming in or any of that. I love being able to talk to you guys about whatever it is that we had going on in the past, the things that I didn't know about you, to learn more about you, and then to share that with other people and impress them in a way that we can actually change their lives. For me, this is a very, very rewarding career. I love it. I love it. Well, well if this is a, yeah, it would be in consideration. It would easily be, easily be mine. It doesn't make me want to hang myself before I do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And we actually do a lot of prep for this job, right? Like we spend like an hour or 45 minutes thinking about the match sometimes we watch the match two or three times and so like i never feel like the prep for this is work prep ever i i love it i, I think it's great meet you're the newest one to this team how are you finding this as a job uh, you know what i think i'm more focused to do this than i am my regular job at amazon you know i woke up this morning i couldn't wait you know i watched the match over again and uh-huh. you know I, I i find myself preparing myself a lot more than i would for a regular job you know and i think that's one thing that i have to say like openly I'm so happy that you're a part of this show because I really feel like you really want to be here. And that's so refreshing and so rewarding. It makes it feel like all the effort I've put in or Mike's putting in is all worth it. Forget about anybody else who's listening. 
whoever's listening and enjoys it, that's great. But just for me, the fact that you want to do this and we're sharing this, that's that's a reward in itself for me. I love it. I love that. I'm usually like a pretty outgoing type of guy, but for some reason, I was doing this. Like at first, I was apprehensive, like um, shy, kind of. I would, right. Shy would be the word. I'm like you know, shy, even though that I don't see anyone, or you know, I'm not, you mm-hmm. know, I don't have the one-on-one, you know, one-on-one right? with people. Yeah, mm-hmm. interaction with people. It's still, but now I'm, you know, coming out of my shell. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, better things yeah, I thought going forward. about it in the beginning, too. So I know you. I know how you feel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the reason why we're talking a little bit about our careers today and the work we've done is because today we're going to talk about wrestlers whose first job wasn't wrestling and primarily wrestlers whose first job was professional football, right? And so I'm going to go through a list of guys who are professional football players. We'll talk a little bit about their wrestling careers and actually... Mike and uh, Meet have some more detailed information than me about their football careers, especially one guy on this list for sure. But, uh, okay, let's go through the list. So first guy on my list, Ron Simmons. Ron Simmons played professional football. He also uh, well, he wrestled all over the world. He WCW, first black champion, WCW champion, actually. Then he worked in the WWF. What are your thoughts on Ron Simmons as a football player and as a wrestler? Meet he had an outstanding, outstanding collegiate year, collegiate career at Florida oh. State, and then for whatever reason it was, the NFL didn't want to take a look at him, whether it be his size or just just the times. But mm-hmm. when the USFL came out, he was unbelievable defensively in the USFL. I want to say he played with Tampa Bay. I'm not too sure you should know this, but but he was absolutely. Hands down, I mean, there's not too many people that are professional wrestlers in the College Football Hall of Fame, and he is. And what about his wrestling, Mike? What do you think about Ron Simmons as a wrestler? Really good. Yeah, I don't know anything about his about his uh, collegiate career, but yeah, as a wrestler, really good. Yeah, I mean, he, he was the first uh, black NWA champion, and right. uh, he was real. I liked him a lot with Doom. I thought they were cool. And uh, he was good with Bradshaw. He was good with the Nation. Right. He was in the serious role, you know, like how Meat said last week with the, with the Rock and the Nation with. Him being so serious and the Rock being such a you know jackass that that worked great. Yeah, it worked and well. even his damn shit, you know, he's cool. He's good. I think he's one of the better guys on the list. Agreed. Agreed. Okay, the next guy. I'm gonna jump around a little bit on the list. The next guy is a guy in wrestling I hated. I fucking hated Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Meet. How about his football <laughs> career? What'd you think about it? Well, how was how good was he? You know, it's, it's, it was obviously he was good enough to to make a roster. Right. So I mean. I, other than that, but he's it's a little before my time, you know. I I, when 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 people say Jim Duggan, the first thing that comes to mind is a two by four, and then he did the three point stance like he was still playing the whole two. So, <laughs> yeah. Mike, thoughts on Duggan? Yeah, Duggan. I didn't like him as a wrestler, but but I I didn't really see like a lot of the stuff with him. And uh, he was in the Rat Pack with DiBiase and Matt Bourne, so that that was mm-hmm. probably pretty cool. I didn't see enough of that. I right. uh, see him in like Mid South and all that, but. uh in, in the WWE, I didn't like him at all. I, I that's such a, I, I don't like that. That's like so over the top, cheesy, like Hogan right. gimmick like that. But uh, he was a nice guy. I met him at the Rumble. He was cool. And, I, and on the Legends House, I he, he was he was a pretty cool guy, man. I like him. I like him as a guy. I think he's pretty cool. But I did I didn't like his WWF stuff. So I liked him only in WCW when he turned Canadian. Do you remember that? <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, they made him as part of Team Canada. That was he the was only so thing. bad by that point. Oh yeah, yeah, it was over. It was over. It was over. And he's from your neck of the woods, right? How far is Glen yeah. Falls from you guys? Nearby, right? Yeah, it's outside of Albany, like an hour outside of Albany, going towards New York City from us. Okay, the next guy on the list, he had an outstanding wrestling career a little bit before our time. I know you probably have some memories of him. We'll start with Mike. Mike Ernie, the big cat lad. Ernie Ladd was really cool, man. You have to do one of his matches one of these days. He's really good. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. Meet, how was his football career? You know what? It, for, for his time in the late 60s and 70s when he was doing it, right. one, of the, one of the best defensive players out there. People feared lining up next to him. Yeah, oh. I thought he was a pretty big name. Yeah, yeah, he just, was enormous. I remember he was huge physically. In imposing. football, too, but like in wrestling, he was great. He was great on the mic, too. Uh, yeah, I agree. We'll do his matches someday in the near future. Okay, the next uh, Let's move through this list quickly. A couple of guys. Uh, <laughs> I was shocked to know Vern Gagne's real first name is Laverne. Laverne Gagne. <laughs> he shortened it <laughs> to Vern Gagne. So Laverne Gagne played professional football before entering wrestling. I had no idea. Meet, did you know about that? I did, and the only reason I did know about it is because those uh, 
those bios and stuff that you see that I didn't really, I knew he was a wrestler. He was a great amateur wrestler. But the football player, I just, I guess back then, like, he was like a man's man back then because he didn't go that far professionally. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think he played a couple of years, right? A couple of years, and then he decided he wanted to be a wrestler. Yeah, he actually left football not because he had to or he couldn't make a team, it's because he preferred wrestling. That's pretty surprising. And you know what? He's probably making about his, about the same amount of money doing it, though, too. Because yeah, no one right. was paid that well back then. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Right, right. Mike, thoughts on Vern Gagne? I don't know anything about his football career. Like, I, I may have heard that at some point in my life, but it escaped me. I knew he was a great uh, collegiate wrestler, wrestler, amateur wrestler. I thought he was really good. I think he's at the very top of the list. You know, maybe for me, I would probably put Vader. That I just love Vader. But like, yeah, he's probably, yeah. you know, he's, he's right at the top of this list. With You know, he's in the top couple names for sure. Right, so you mentioned the next guy, Vader. Vader had an outstanding wrestling career. We've already discussed him in our third episode here. But I don't know much about his football career. How good was Vader in football? Vader played for the Rams. He played, I think he played about four years, five years. Oh, and, not bad. Uh, yeah. He was... He was a de- he was a decent he was a decent he could have made a career out of it but you know his passion was wrestling as well too. I see I see yeah I think there's no point in talking about Vader's wrestling career it's beyond outstanding we've already talked about him at length okay the next guy on this list I doubt we'll ever do a match of his Bill Goldberg <laughs> 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 yeah uh, meet he played for the Falcons I know that much was he good he was you know what he was average you know what he was a better college player than he was. Mm-hmm. That he was professional. I think he only played like two years. Uh, I think most of these guys are better collegially than professionally. That's yeah. probably something that yeah. helped their decisions. That's right. Yeah. Right. The most of them are, you're right. You're right. There's only one or two guys that I'm going to mention coming up soon that had a great pro career, but they, the most of these guys are like college stars, right? Okay. So let's move on then. The next and guy who on was this. That we were just doing? Uh, we were just doing uh, Goldberg. Uh, you don't have anything oh. to share about Goldberg, do you? <laughs> well, you know my thoughts. He did. <laughs> right. He was really good. The rest was garbage. <laughs> right, right. Agreed. Okay. Now let's move on to a guy that you guys know a lot about. And I figure, Mike, you probably know a lot about this guy's career, too. Monty Brown. Yeah, because he was a build. But yeah, right. he was he was probably practice squad. I don't I don't know if he, oh. if, he made, if he made the team. He was like, he was probably, you know, one of the later guys in the team. I Oh, I, see. I, I remember the pounds. That's about all I remember from Mount Monty Brown. He didn't. That, that pounds really nice. Oh, I mean, how good was Monty Brown? Was he good? He did number ninety five. He played nine. He played ninety four, ninety five with the with the Bills just after the Super Bowl years. That and he played. I I think he played. I I know he. I think he played. His career was only like about three years, and it was all with Buffalo. So was and he do, there with Flutie? Like was that's when no, he was there? No, he was right before. He was right right towards the end of Jimbo and oh, I a, see. a little bit a little before just before Flutie. Oh, I see. He and probably was, wasn't on the field much. Special teams. Uh, yeah, he was. A, yeah, he was a special. He was definitely a special team. That's 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 one thing I know he did. Mike, how but good he, was his wrestling? I don't think he, he was, was. I think he was, you know, average. Average at best, yeah. right? I see. Yeah, I see. TNA. Where did he work? I don't know anything about yeah, it. Yeah, TNA. I see. TNA. Okay, the next guy on this list might be the worst wrestler in the group, which is saying a lot. Mongo McMichael. Great yeah, football yeah. player, <laughs> but fucking <laughs> awful wrestler. <laughs> yeah. uh, Meet, he, he played on the like Pro Bowl and stuff. Like He was that good or no? Was he not the starting nose tackle on the 95 and, and the Absolutely. 85 Bears team? Yeah, he was a beast. Oh. He was, yeah, he was yeah, a yeah. beast. Bears yeah, he's a Super Bowl champion. So I see. At least at least, at least wrestling wasn't his first love. Yeah, but he sucked at wrestling. Like, I know the guy's having health troubles now, and I'm not, I know his time is coming soon, but like, there's no way, no matter how nice I'm being, I can say anything nice about his wrestling career. It was <laughs> fucking awful. His wife? The, thing. the best thing yeah. about his wrestling career was his wife. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I liked the Bears when I was a kid growing up, so I liked him. Right. I, I liked him as a player. I thought he was great. I, I know he was a Pro Bowl. I don't know if he's going to be a, a Hall of Famer or not, but I see. But oh, I hated the rest of. The, I didn't like him when he was in commentary. I didn't like that stupid yeah. little dog he had with him. Yeah, all of it was <laughs> he dumb. was so stiff and he, yeah, he like not not stiff in like a in a too rough way. Like he just walked around stiff. There was nothing natural about him. He it just looked so unnatural doing it. His commentary yeah. was was shitty too because oh, I remember awful. he used to say like he's gonna kill that guy. Like, <laughs> he like, must have been a nice guy. He yeah. must have been like a guy's guy where they all loved him in the back and they like got to hang out with a football player so he got the job or something because <laughs> holy yeah. shit he was a horseman. 
So, you know what? Yeah, right. Exactly. It was horseman. And, you know, there was another guy around this time. He didn't have a really long career, so I didn't put him in here for wrestling. But Kevin Green did a much better job in the ring than Mongo McMichael. Way better. Oh, he was happy. Yeah, with less work. With right. Less time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Less work, less time. Okay. Then we're going to move on to uh, guys who are fake football players before we get into our last guy who's the main uh, guy featured this week. But we're going to talk about the CFL. So, meet. I think CFL is not really football. It's fake football. The ball's like three times as big. The field's is three times as big. You've only got three downs. There's no running game. It looks like a bunch of high school kids out there trying not to get hurt. I think it's fucking ridiculous. What do you think about the CFL? I might lose some friends on this one, but I enjoy watching it. It's <laughs> it's it's, foot, it's football, but it's a different. You have to you have to. You know, gear yourself to be playing it. I mean, you have less time to do stuff. And what, I think the fields, a regular NFL field is, what, 80 Hot. yards wide? Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, right, CFL, right, right. A CFL is 10 yards wider lengthwise and widthwise. So Correct. And, and the end zone's field. enormous. Right. Yeah, it's, yeah it goes, it's, it's like a city block. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, the whole, but if you look at it, like the CFL, there, there are some success stories. Like Warren Moon. Warren Moon, like right. Eight, sure. He won. That's like the first one that'll jump off at you. Right. And then Flutie, too, because they all said Flutie could never do it. Right. And he went up there and he did, and he's like, Doug Flutie is like God in Canada when it comes yeah. to that. I don't think I ever told you guys, when I was uh, going to university in Canada, Toronto Argonauts practice field was where my school was. And so I'd come out from lessons and Doug Flutie would be like right there hanging out. He'd hang out. Super, super nice guy. Super. And like no sense of like, I'm better than you or I'm special or like get away or like kids weren't really after his autograph because they saw him every single day. But super, super kind and very friendly. So I've always been a fan of Doug Flutie's. I always loved the way he interacted with the kids at the school. And so I've loved him. And I was so happy when he made the Pro Bowl in the States playing that one season for the Bills. But, you know, Mike hates his football play. I know Mike hates him as a QB. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I, I, I don't, other than Flutie, I don't have many good memories of the CFL. I don't think it's really football. Mike, any thoughts of CFL football? I now now I only watch Bills games. I don't even watch the rest of the NFL games. So like as far as like yeah. I can't watch college. If I'm gonna watch a kid play a sport, it's gonna have my last name. Like the kid's gonna have right. my last name. Otherwise, yeah, I'm not watching a child play a sport. And CFL is so much lower than that. It's not worth my time. It's like XFL bullshit. Agreed. So like there there are a couple of big wrestler guys who came out of the CFL who consider themselves pro football players. Roman Reigns, good wrestling career. He I don't know how long he played in the CFL. How good was he meet in the CFL? He was average at he was average at best, but he had by the time he got to the CFL after Georgia Tech, he had um he had some he had some knee problems. So that's I that's see. what kind of that's what kind of curtailed his curtailed his football career. And plus, well, he, if you if you look at it, he's not he's playing defensive line, and he's like what two two. He's 60? not big, right? He's not big, yeah, right? Yeah. So it's like so you're gonna get pushed around. There's, you don't have a career like that unless you can change. You know. What do you think about his wrestling career, Mike Roman Reigns? Well, it's hard to say. I, I mean, I was one of those people that just didn't want nothing to do with I can't watch that shit. It's awful. But I think, obviously, they're doing a great job with him. Every mm-hmm. other guy in the company, no, except for when Brock Lesnar shows up. Right. I, I mean, so so he's having a very successful wrestling career. Vince got a crush on him, and ever since, he's, he's gone full bore. I think mm-hmm. he's great at what he does, and I think he's, you know, he's one of the better, like, guys, you know, bigger bigger guys, like, of his size. Right. But he's the only guy in the company that matters. It's yeah. a, a company that has that many employees. So, so of course, if, if someone's going to go big on somebody at the expense of 100 other wrestlers, he's going to be yeah. great. The only thing I really liked about him, I don't like his style of work that much. I think he's, like, a, a kind of, like version two of the rock with less charisma and less aura and so I, i've not been a fan of his at all but i really liked when he came out and he made that speech about having leukemia and he's yeah. like sorry and he's like, that was great very excellent stuff like really hard probably stuff. turned it for me a little bit I, I don't know you know it did it's hard to hate on a guy who's dying you know what i mean like yeah, <laughs> and yeah. then he makes a comeback so i, I like roman reigns but his matches are uh, yeah but he's okay. meant to be a heel and he's finally <laughs> right. a heel now so at least they're right they're doing that right that's right. That's right. Okay. The next guy on the list, I know that his CFL career wasn't that great and he was forced to exit was a rock. And it's a hard to imagine because he's in a physically imposing guy. He's big. Meet, what did he play? Did he play defense? Where did he play? Yeah, he was, I think he was a defensive end. He was a defensive end because he lost his, he lost his job to Warren Sapp in college. He went to, he went to Miami. Miami, right. 
Right. He came. He came in, and the next the next year, he thought he was gonna, you know, it was gonna be all good. And then some guy named Warren Sapp came in and <laughs> told me, uh, Warren Sapp told me, he goes, "I'm here for your job," and that's when he started thinking about wrestling. I see. Yeah, his wrestling career is outstanding. There's, we could talk about him for hours. I think there's no point in. He's great, great at wrestling. Did lots of great things. And one day we'll get into all the stuff the Rock did. Okay, the next guy on this list that I we should talk about. He's a, one of the greatest players. In CFL history, he's a Canadian icon, even though he's not Canadian. Angelo King Kong Mosca, good wrestling career, great football career. Mike, what did you think about Angelo King Kong Mosca? He was pretty cool, but you know, I, I didn't see a lot of him because of you know when he was you know more so on top. But it's funny that he, that he was brought up because uh, I was watching yesterday. I was watching a championship wrestling from Florida show, and it had us. Uh, Kevin Sullivan and, and right. Dusty Roadrider around the time he became the Midnight Rider. Uh-huh. So they had uh, Flair versus Wyndham on there, and uh, a- Angela was doing the the commentary. Uh-huh. The commentary not so good, but he came out right. afterwards and with Flair, and they started beating on Wyndham. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, he, yeah. He was, you know, I, I I missed a lot of it because of my age, but there's right. another guy we'll have to check out. So he in Canada because of uh, Maple Leaf Wrestling, he was featured a lot, like very heavily for a long time. So even though I'm I'm almost the same age as you, but I remember seeing lots of Angelo Mosca on Canadian TV because of the CFL career, and so we had a lot of exposure to that. Meet, what did the you show about Billy Red Lions? Is that right, right, there, right, the, right, I right, right, right. I'm a bunch of you know as a kid, I remember the name, and I just don't remember like a lot of specifics. I see, I see. Meet, how about Angelo Mosca? Thoughts? I remember CHCH from Hamilton. You used to always had, you used to always right. be able to hear that. Right. So you used to always, you know, for some reason, when we still had the old antennas on the, on the house, mm-hmm. we, my house, I lived right by the airport. For some reason, I used to be able to pull that signal in all the time. So right. I used to always be able to watch Maple Leaf Wrestling from the gardens right. on, like a Saturday, on a Saturday night. Correct, 7 o'clock. Uh, my first memory is Masca mm-hmm. went against Piper. At, uh, at Maple Leaf Gardens, and right. they just beat the shit out of each other. Uh, I think wrestling, because I thought it was so real back then. Like, right. I, just, I like to see people getting beat the shit out of. But I thought his football career, I don't know too much about, but I know he is like a god. He's a legend in Canada. Absolute legend. Okay, and I think the most acclaimed football player and probably the best wrestler of most, oh, well, probably one of the best wrestlers, and he's featured in today's match, is Wahoo McDaniel. Excellent wrestling career. Excellent, excellent uh, pro football career. Thoughts on Wahoo McDaniel meet? One of the few guys that never played in the NFL. He, his whole career, he played in the AFL. He retired right before the merger because wrestling was his calling. Right. Just a super... Just someone being native, being a Native American like that, you know, people don't realize that you know, being native, there's there was a lot of prejudice in the industry and, and in the world back then too because they weren't you know the run of the mill. So he had to deal with a lot of that too coming up. You can tell by the commentary in today's match, he dealt with a lot of that. Right? It was fucking awful. <laughs> <laughs> Think yeah. about the old cartoons that were on when we were kids and and, and the way that that Native Americans are portrayed. Yeah. yeah, the natives, like the, 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 you know, the Asians too, you know. Just, oh yeah. Just, yeah. just, just all that, yeah. just all that stuff that was, that was good for the times. That you, the people would be in jail now doing it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. He was such an imposing defensive man when he he played for the Jets. Right. So the the one game he had about he had about six or seven tackles in like the first half, and finally the the uh, the the PA announcer announcing announcing the plays and stuff in, in the stadium. Finally, just said, "Guess who? Wahoo!" And then that's—he was one of the uh, only. Per- he was one of the only people to ever have his first name on the back of his jersey in a, in football. They didn't awesome. have his last name. It just said Wahoo on the back of his jersey, which I thought was cool. Yeah, what did you think of him as a wrestler, Mike Wahoo? Oh, I thought he was cool, man. I I liked him a lot. He, I, I wasn't into the good guys, but he was one of them, like Dusty. I could, yeah, you see guys like uh, him and Dusty and Flair and and, and uh, Race drop all that blood together and share all those beatings in the ring it's, it's hard to, not to get a fondness for them right i agree it, it's kind of like you're cheering for the underdog even though he's the face In today's match, you can't help but want to cheer for him to win. And you can tell the crowd is losing their mind for him. Very well loved, very well respected. And 
very believable in the ring as a, like, it makes it look like a real fight along with Harley Race in today's match. And so today's match that we're going to talk about is actually a match that happened when all of us were infants. It happened in 1978, February 10th from Houston. This is the same arena where we had that terrible, terrible match between Valentine and, uh, Wild Bill Curry. Wild Bill Curry, right. Wild so Bull Wild Curry. Wild Bull, right, Bull, Bull right, yeah. Wild Bull Curry and Johnny Valentine had a match in the same building. This is 11 years after that. It looks like the crowd hasn't changed much. It looks like the building hasn't changed much. <laughs> and uh, there's lots of things in today's match that I think are interesting. And as usual, we always talk about the ref and we talk about the commentator. But I'm going to tell you some cool shit about the ref. I know you've seen him before. Mike, you've seen him lots. His name is Dick Kroll. And even though he's tall and lanky and he's not smooth in his movements, his placement's always right. He's got the count right. He does things like in a very formal, technical way. And he was in the ring for some enormous, enormous, enormous matches. So he was in the ring to referee Luthez matches, Ivan Koloff's win over Bruno Sammartino, the first ever women's title match, the Iron Sheik and the Backland title drop. Like he did all these great, great, great matches. Yeah, he was fucking, he was in the like peak of his career. He was the man. Like he was absolutely the man for refereeing. And then he continued refereeing until the licensing for refereeing and WWE, uh, WWF at that time, did, like they decided they were going to proclaim wrestling is no longer real. And so then the referees became a part of WWF staff as opposed to like the state commissions. And so then his role became diminished because he was a state employee working as a referee. But he continued working until the 90s. Then he retires in 1990. Listen to this fucking story. Retires in 1990. Then out of nowhere in 1999, he goes to attend an ECW show. He's sitting in the crowd. Paul Heyman sees him and goes, it would be a fucking honor if you would come out of retirement and referee a match on the show today. The guy agrees and he did an ECW match as well. Oh, that's awesome. That's fucking awesome. crazy, right? I was like, wow, that's so fucking cool. I tried to find the match. I could find the match, but Paul Heyman's mentioned it. There's like lots of documentation about it. So I'll try to find the match someday. But I think in terms of like lineage or history, this guy did it all. Fucking did it all. Absolutely great. And not a bad ref. I thought he did a good job this week. And considering like it's chaos, the fans are like right up to the ring and there's a lot of heat in the crowd. I thought he maintained the flow pretty well. What do you think, me? That was the first thing I noticed when watching it, though, too, because I, I never knew his name, but it was just one of those guys like the you've seen him. Now I always right. remember what his name is. From a, from a technical standpoint, he was always in position, and he didn't become part of the match. He he let the right. match unfold. That's right. So he always knew how to stay out of the way. Yeah, and especially with those two bruisers in there too. There wasn't much. <laughs> there was, there wasn't much room. There wasn't much room in there to begin with with them guys. Right, Mike. Any thoughts on Dick Kroll? I agree with what he said. It's like watching my pit bulls fight. Yeah, <laughs> get pretty nasty in there with those guys. Yeah, he looked familiar, but I couldn't mm-hmm. picture. And then they mentioned his name, and they mentioned it ten times after that in a row. And I like, right. I, I couldn't believe it was him. He was so young. Yeah, right, right, right. But By he, the time yeah, we saw him, he was old. Place. Right, <laughs> right. He was always in place. He, he did, he did a good job. He did walk around like he was trying to hold the shit in, but but other than yeah. that, he did a really good job. <laughs> That's a good analogy there. I got to use that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then the commentary. Oh my god! I know this is 1978. I know yeah. the world is a different world, but it's awfully borderline racist. So there are <laughs> a couple of lines that, like, right off the get go, the first minute of the match, the Harley race and Oahu tie up. The previous knee right squarely on Wahoo's nose. And as Wahoo comes up, he comes up a little bit soberer, perhaps. But you can bet that that Indian is thinking in terms that would burn Harley Race at the stake. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what did you just say? <laughs> totally what? shocked the hell out of me. Yeah. But very inappropriate at times. But he wasn't trying to talk down about Wahoo. It was just the time. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I just felt that's the way it was. Meet thoughts on the commentary? When we were texting and you told me yeah. it was Paul Bosch, I thought, I thought a fucking washing machine could have, you know, called the match better. It was just horrible. It was like there was no enthusiasm in the match. Uh, right. Voice. It was like yeah. a monotone, like, I guess this is what we're doing. And it's, you know. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> Mike, thoughts on Paul Bosch? Oh, he was the shit. He was like a mortician. He was the shit. Awful, yeah. He was yeah. really, really bad. Yeah, he was really <laughs> you bad. You know, I even missed that comment because the commentary was so droll. I just kind of uh, let it pass I through. Just right? sat in the back of my head. I was watching so there was so much going on that like he just sucked. Yeah, he's agreed. <laughs> and you know, we've talked about it before. It's difficult to be good when you're alone in the booth. But this is another level of shit. Like this is yeah, yeah, this is awful. This is the level that most announcers try not to get to. Yeah. He made it normal. <laughs> yeah, he made it like the whole match was that way. Okay, uh, so let's get into the match. The uh, first fall. So it's a slow build in the first fall, and we've talked about it on this episode, on this podcast before. When we have two out of three falls matches, it's always a trade off: fall one and fall two. And you know it's going to come down to fall three. It's exactly the same formula here, but. The slow build in Fall 1, especially Fall 1, kind of similar to the Jushin Thunder Liger and uh, Otani match. Like the, the level of build and like they went from 0 to 100 in a second. I thought it was kind of interesting in the end and the finish, the build up and the finish was really good. But the first fall, kind of boring. What do you think, me? Well, before, the, you know, as soon as I started playing the match, I took a look at it and I, you know, I said to myself, you know, this is when this is a time in wrestling that men were made of steel and ships were mm. made of wood. Like these are just two like these are like two bad ass big guys and they don't they they complement each other so much. So you were ready for something, but like you said, it's slow build. First of all, like eh, <laughs> right? Hey, you know what I mean? Like you could you could have done a little bit more to you know to keep it, but don't forget that ever famous one hour time limit is it was invoked in there, so they made right. sure to tell you that right again and again. So you had to get it going somehow. Mike, what do you think about the first fall? I, I think it was pretty typical for a two out of three fall match. You know, they're usually going to go around the 30-minute mark or, or, or over. So, you know, it's going to be a lot of feeling out, a lot of exchanges. But, yeah, mm-hmm. it was pretty slow. And <laughs> the the suplex pin, you, you know, right, how right. times have changed. You right. just can't help but think about that. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you went from I think you went from, from the Olympics to, like, yeah. maybe the 90s with 10 wrestling moves total. Correct. Correct. It's like, you know, and don't get me wrong. They did a great job in this match and it it, it is doing, uh, doing less, right? Mm -hmm. More Mm -hmm. sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They did go back to the same thing quite a bit. And, you know, the, the repertoires weren't, aren't quite like what they are now, but they did great with those 10 moves. Correct. And you know what? I have to say something in the first fall. There's a spot. So we'll talk just a little bit about it. There's a lot of tie up stuff, as Mike mentioned, a lot of like front face locks, side headlocks, that kind of stuff. But uh, whenever they go into the ropes and they do a rope break, Harley race gave oh, yeah. wow, headbutts <laughs> that would have made Neko Butcher proud. Like, be like they were fucking ridiculous. These are great headbutts. And then Harley race delivered the most pathetic and most beautiful leapfrog at the same time. <laughs> it was fucking ridiculous looking. I, you know, at first I'm like, is he going to fucking leapfrog him? And then when he jumped, he jumped so low. And I don't know how the hell Wahoo got through there. And it, they ended up working smoothly through it. I was both laughing and impressed at the same time. But other than that, you're right. It's a very basic first fall suplex and over. Like, you know, not much to it. Okay. But the second I did like as you're talking about the ropes, I loved in the rope work. I love the shoulders to the face. Yeah, great. Great. That comes in the third fall. I I was going to mention that in detail, but you're right. That just recently started having a place in MMA, right? Like Conor McGregor just started doing that as an actual move. Like when people have him in a front face lock, he uses that as an attack off the shoulder. And I'm surprised it took so long for that to catch on. Like, I'd never seen it before, but they were doing it in the 70s. And so uh, it was kind of really surprising that, that, uh, that I'd seen that here. I was very amazed at that. Okay, getting to the second fall. And I don't know if this is a move or a mistake, but it looks like Harley Race is intentionally trying to headbutt him in the groin from a standing position, like over and over again. I don't know what the hell that was. <laughs> so... He drops to his knees, and it's a headbutt in the stomach, kind of groin area. I'm not really sure what that was. I thought it was really strange. Meet, what'd you think? I noticed that too. I didn't know if there was just because of, because of Wahoo's size and just how like when they called the spot, like it was supposed to be something different. And just race and Wahoo, they're, they're both huge guys. They look tiny in that ring. It's probably so. because Wahoo has his tights up to his neck. What the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he had his lunch money in there. I don't know. I don't know. It was ridiculous. Yeah, they both they're both riding them pretty high. I noticed that they both had. I mean, Wahoo was obviously bigger, but they had that. That old school physique, right? Right, 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 right. 
was the barrel chested. <laughs> yeah. They got bodies of 12 year old boys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, Mike, uh, had you ever seen that before? Like the head butting to the groin? I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know what was up with that. But they had a leapfrog. He do, he does do that like like that traditionally. He's got like a a weird movement to him, and I think like right. like some of the ways he sells is just awesome. I think it really just works great. Like it reminded me some like of uh like Murdoch. Some of the right, exactly, selling. exactly, exactly. Very, very in a similar vein. I think unfortunately Murdoch's selling is like just a tad bit better than races. Like I think Murdoch it takes more it to another level. Yeah, more exaggerated. And, Which makes and it so, more fun. Right. A lot more fun. A lot more fun to watch. But races in that same vein. I agree with you. One, one of my favorite spots is uh, when uh, Wahoo whips him off the ropes and he gives him that chop. And and the way he falls. <laughs> right. He's right. like so horizontally. <laughs> the air. Right. so cool. Yeah. And he does it like twice in the match. He does That's it correct. earlier before the first fall. And it's so cool. I, I love the way it looks. Agreed. It looks fantastic. And I don't know if that's like the the way Wahoo lays into him or if it's just race doing that all on his own. But it looks so beautiful in the ring. Really, really yeah. nice. Agreed. Agreed. And then when he does that, I, I have to mention this. After he does that, Wahoo McDaniel starts like pumping himself up. And he does like the war dance, like, you know, like the, he, he lays into the stereotypes, right? Like he starts doing like an Indian war dance and Paul Bosch mentions that he's like summoning up his like Indian native tribal, blah, 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 like all that kind of stuff. And the crowd is losing their mind, totally losing their mind. He hasn't hit him, hasn't done anything. He's just like skipping around like the, that Indian style. Oh, yeah. It was, it was easy to get the crowd over behind him at that time. Like I thought he was just so over, so over before the second fall. I have to talk about this. I'm going to talk about it at length. Two things. The body slams that Wahoo does are beautiful, but that's 90% Harley Race posting himself up that high, right? They're so fucking high and he's way up there, launches him down. But then after those beautiful fucking body slams, Wahoo does like an inverted reverse elbow to the forehead that's not hitting him. I don't know what the fuck that is. It looks fucking ridiculous. He did it again and again and yeah. again. Oh, it was awful. What did you think like about he, that? He snapped his forearm, like kind of snapped towards his neck because the elbow wasn't hitting. Right. I don't know. It looked it looked awful. I thought it was a terrible, terrible move. I was watching. I was like, well, maybe you know they screwed the spot up and they, they're just trying to move too fast or just like just just the sheer size of these guys, you know, right. trying to do something on the smaller guy, you know, with you know just just your, your ring awareness. I think maybe it had something to do technically like that. Yeah, but actually he kept doing it again and again and again and again. Yeah. So I think it was, yeah, it was on purpose. Right, right. Yeah, I was trying to stick up I love me some Wahoo, but that was the spot. Right. <laughs> okay, so the second fall finish and Wahoo goes over, the crowd's going crazy. And then this is where the match really starts, the third fall. And the third fall is quite entertaining, but it needs a buildup of the first two falls. If you just started the match here, you don't understand why there's all this tension in the crowd and all this heat. They're off to the races. So a whole bunch of things. The first is race goes up to the top rope, gets thrown off the top rope, which is something I guess for this time is extremely rare because I think in many jurisdictions, Going over the top or climbing to the top was illegal, right? That, that was still an, a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so that was a big deal that he went to the top and he took it over the top. And then they go to the outside and these fucking guys take headshots to the corner post without putting their hands up straight onto the steel beams. Both of them, fucking incredible. I was like, these, you're right, me. These are men's men. You know what I mean? Like these guys are. <laughs> Fucking tough. <laughs> Obviously, after the the second head post in the the race takes the second post shot to the head, and then he starts blading. Right. So his manager, I try to find out who the fucking guy was. I can't find out who he is. But the manager comes over and gives him blade, and you can kind of tell this is where he's blading. But after that, race gets up on the apron and gets himself stuck between the top rope and the second rope, and he's like just suspended there, and Wahoo's just teeing off. It's a great spot for the crowd to lose their mind. Everybody's going nuts. The other guy that I saw that used to do something like that, it was a little bit different, was Andre, right? Like he'd back into the ropes, get himself caught between the second and the top rope, and then the crowd would lose their mind as the face or the heel, whoever, was like just wailing away on Andre, and Andre's like struggling to get out of the ropes. It's a very similar move to that. I thought it was a great spot, right, Mike? I love that, yeah. Yeah, it was great. And then from there, the finish looks like it's coming, and... 
race gets his foot on the ropes. Both so of I, them. Both of them. Both of them. <laughs> That's so strange, right? Both feet yeah, on the cool ropes. On the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So both feet on the ropes, breaks the count, twice, does it twice, and he's a bloody mess. And you can see the crowd's going crazy. And then I can't help but be distracted. Some fucking guy in the crowd grabbed Harley Race's manager and the security gets involved and the audience attention's like looking at this guy and they're looking at the ring and it's just like it starts to become like a pandemonium. Did you notice that, Meat? I didn't know that's what happened. I was trying to figure it, figure it out. I didn't know that, that that's what happened. And you could tell it was, it was, a, it was catastrophic. To the rest right, right. Of <laughs> right, right, right. And so the audience attention's like it, it just became like a riotous atmosphere, right? And so the crowd's going crazy and then we go to the finish. Fuck, very nice finish. Really nice finish. Race picks up Wahoo like he's going to do a suplex. And then Wahoo scrambles out of it, pushes Race into the ropes, does a very smooth roll up. But then Harley reverses it, hooks the tights, gets the three count to the dismay of the crowd. And people are fucking losing their mind. <laughs> <laughs> I love the finish. Mike, what do you think about the finish? Yeah, it was really good for, for the time. You know, nowadays the roll-ups are way tighter, you know, yeah, you know and way yeah, smoother. Yeah. But like for two guys that size, it was good. And I, I liked it afterwards, you know, Wahoo still had fight in the tank, so he didn't lose much on it. He kind of lost on the technicality. That's correct. He still yeah. maintained all his support. The crowd felt like he was cheated because the race hooked the tights. And yeah. so you save both guys this way. I thought it was an excellent finish in terms of like storytelling. Meet, what'd you think? Well, I can't believe we didn't. We we haven't spoken about the horrible pile driver. <laughs> right? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I forget what it was between the first and second <laughs> ball. The world's worst pile driver I think ever was ever was thrown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the guys are big. I think it's hard to lift a guy up that big, and then you don't want to drop him on his head because he's got so much weight coming down. So I think he tried to protect him, but he could have done something better. The double underhook suplexes. We're not bad, right? They were no, good. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was nice, too. They were good. But like the, the pile driver, I think it's just a wrong choice of move for a guy <laughs> that size. Yeah, yeah. But you're right. But what do you think about the finish? Did you like the finish? I had watched the match previously years ago. I had mono, so I had a lot of time to watch just wrestling stuff about four uh, or five years ago. So I just wanted to see it. And then I thought, I really thought Wahoo was going over. But then towards the end, usually yeah. when whoever wins the first ball wins the match. In the back of my mind, like I was a fan watching it. Like mm-hmm. it, I was captivated. I mean, for the time, it was a pretty good finish. But a lot of, you can just tell how how far wrestling has evolved. That's correct. And, That's right. And from like all the Christmas nowadays. And mm-hmm. it, wasn't, it wasn't such back then. Right. No, and the finishes right. were just like way, way different than now. Like now, pretty much you have to run a guy over with a bulldozer. <laughs> and if you think about like the matches we've watched so far, like if you look at the progression between Luthez and Ricky Dozan to here, we're talking about like almost 17 years later. There's a lot of change in the game, right? Like guys are now whipping each other off the ropes. There's a little bit more of like a playing to the crowd. There's a little bit more of heel face interaction so you can see the evolution of the game and the way it's going i think that's really interesting to have that perspective like i have that perspective now i never had it before i can see where wrestling came from and where it's gone or where like where it's been and where it's going and so i can kind of now guess like where the future is going to go even better like i can predict you know okay well we can see this happened in the past this happened then and now we're doing this on the future this will happen and so i think i have a better understanding of wrestling overall and this match i think it has its place in history, right? It's right before the entertainment era, but we see Wahoo playing to the crowd. We see a little bit of a movement away from like amateurish wrestling, and there's some more professional contemporary wrestling moves involved. So I think it's got an important place in history as a match. What do you think, Mike? I, I agree. I, Vern, Vern Gagne lost Hulk Hogan because he because he didn't want to put the strap on a non like wrestler wrestler like a not a technical guy. Oh, I mean, that's, yeah, why that's right. Lost. That's why he lost Hulk Hogan. Wow. And, you know, it happened. It happened, you know, once he went there. It blew right. Up and I think even though you one. and I both hate Hogan, we both agreed that that was absolutely the right move for Vince McMahon to make, right? To, to move to that entertainment direction. Yeah. 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 No doubt. So, Meet, what do you think overall of the match? Is it one of your favorite matches or where do you rank this? Uh, uh, there's been so many. It's, it's a fair match for the time. Just the sheer fact that, like, these two bruises, like, if you look look at their hands, man, yeah. they got fucking clubs <laughs> on them, man. Oh, right. right. Yeah. It's, it's like, they, like Harley's hands are, like, the size of, like, three of mine. 
and then Lyle, who's just a big dude anyway, too. So just sheer brawn of it. And just to see them two guys go at it, I say it's a, a three out of five, you know, so, for the time. So, Mike, I know this is a tough question. This is ranked as one of the top 100 matches of all time. And I know it's hard to, like, come up on the spot with a top 100 list. But how do you, like, place this? Would you consider this probably in your top 100 matches or no? Yeesh. We've been spoiled over the last bunch of years. Mm. You know, people get mad about the, the Meltzer rating, but and they get mad about like who gets awards in wrestling. But he's not the only guy who who gave the you know such and such match match of the year or correct so and so wrestler or tag team match of the year. I mean, taste isn't real. You know, I don't I don't know how to put it. Some things are good and some things aren't good, and I just think it's gotten better. Right. But there's a lot of that stuff that holds up. It, it's hard to say top hundred. I I don't know. Yeah, me so too. Many, how many matches we've seen over our, of our right, right. So I, you know, I when I looked at the top hundred list, there's a couple of really, really interesting matches there and matches I'd like to see. It now that I'm getting to watch some of those matches, like I get to put into perspective, you know, is this really that good or that good? You know, it's a good match. It's a like Meat said, it's a good match. I don't know if I give it top hundred status, but it's it's a good match. You know, like it's okay. It's not you something I'm thinking about. What are yeah. all the best matches you've seen in NWA? Like you're gonna think about like Flair and Steamboat or Flair right. and Funk, and you're right. gonna think about like Flair and Dusty, and you know, and then you gotta go over the over the WWE, and you're thinking about Steamboat and Savage at WrestleMania, or Hart and Michaels or Austin, or, you know, yeah. like all There's the so great matches. It's hard, and then, and then you think about Japan. You That's know, another ECW, level, right? Yeah. You know, <laughs> right. And, and then just in the modern era, there's been so much. So, yeah. I mean, these guys grew up watching like all these guys, so they're like evolved versions. So, like, it just keeps getting better. So, a hundred's hard, but it's a great match, though. Yeah, I definitely yeah. enjoyed it. Who the fuck is that guy? Who the fuck is that guy? Who the fuck is that guy this week? Couple of the first ones are a little bit tricky. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six rounds, and then uh, you're for sure getting this. There's no doubt you're gonna get this. Six rounds, and we'll start with Mike first. The first couple of rounds a little bit tricky, Mike. Who the fuck is that guy? Round one, Great Mustafa. She get Nano Casey. Incorrect. Round two, meet Big Baba. Ah, Ray Trailer. This is the third time we've had a guy named Big Bubba in Who the Fuck is That Guy? That is not Ray Trailer. <laughs> <laughs> Good, because I was going to yeah. say, that's the second one? Right. <laughs> Round three, Mike. Reborn again. Matt Bourne. Hey, we have a winner. <laughs> oh, very nice, Mike. I was wow. really surprised. Yeah, I was really surprised this guy's name was a Great Mustafa. I was like, what the hell? How did he have Great Mustafa? So, <laughs> yeah, so Great Mustafa, Big Bubba, Reborn Again, Born Again, Big Josh, and Doink the Clown. Matt Bourne. Very good. Excellent. Excellent. I didn't I didn't know about the Reborn Again, but his name was in there. So Big Josh, though, <laughs> I would have caught that. Yeah, that you would have got it by there. <laughs> All right, good job. Very good. Okay, moving on. Do you know who's on the roster? This week, the roster. So I know in this week's roster, I would be stuck. And I know it's not fair. It's a little bit of a tough challenge. But I'm going to give you a hint that'll help you start off this week's the roster so when meet first joined our podcast when he was a guest and he came on for a very specific match and that match was not the squash match okay so the other match that Meet joined us for and that's the hint that you're getting the pay-per-view is starcade 1983 there are a total of 23 guys on this roster i think even if you gave me this list, I could only get 10. <laughs> There's lots of guys I don't know. But Starcade 1983, we started with Mike for who the fuck is that guy? So we'll start with Meat for the roster. Meat, Starcade 1983. Who's your first pick? Flair. Correct. Mike? God, I hope it's the one. Like, it's got to be the one where you... Is it a flare for the gold? 
correct? Harley Race. Hey, Harley hey, very good, very good. Harley Race Ric Flair main event. Okay, next, meet. Ah, uh, Valentine. Greg the Hammer Valentine on an episode we featured here from this pay-per-view. Mike? Piper. Correct. Meet? Ah, oh, now it's getting a little dicey. It's getting a little dicey there. Steamboat on that one? Very good, meet Ricky Steamboat. Mike? Ivan Koloff. Incorrect. Oh. Damn it. Damn. Okay, so we've split the games today. Very good. So who Steamboat wrestled? Does it say? He was in a tag match with Jay Youngblood. Oh fuck. Wahoo McDaniel was also on this card, by the way. This week's This or That Fans with Signs or Sign Guy Dudley. Mike? Fans with Signs for sure. Oh, really? <laughs> well, I, I was a guy that had a pretty famous sign I got in the WWF magazine, a full page ad. So That's right. Paid. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're you're biased. Sign. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Me? And then yeah. also uh, at one of the ECW shows. Do you remember Howard? <laughs> yeah, I remember Howard. So we used to always go party Howard's house, and then some yeah. of those idiots, some of those idiots, uh, Swike, or not Swikest, I should say, Nick would know that. <laughs> some of my idiot friends stole some of his video games. Oh. So, so then he ended up getting uh, tickets to ECW in like the front row, and uh, the sign said, Howard 316, we, we stole your game or something like that. Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, some of the signs in the ECW crowds were awesome, but there weren't that many. Like it was like not like WWF or WCW, but they were really like on the boundary of what's acceptable or unacceptable. Me, what do you think? Sign guy Dudley or fans with signs? Oh my God, fans with the fans with signs always. Just because of my, just because of my friend over there, that's still the best of all time. <laughs> if at some point you can get a, a photo of it and just send me the photo, I'd love to see it. I'd love. To. I know I've seen it before. Yeah. Okay, so for me. I'm going to go a little bit different than you guys. I know the fans with signs are awesome. I know Mike's uh, got that great poster in the WWE Raw magazine. I think it was WWF Raw magazine at that time. But yeah. the reason why I like Sign Guy Dudley is he took something that everybody was doing for free and turned it into a money-making gimmick. He never took a bump. He never worked a day in his life. He got to go to every show in the ring with the Dudleys. He turned a fu- he turned it into a fucking career. I'm so impressed with how he did that. So I, I think Sign Guy Dudley definitely ingenious, very smart, very timely, and I have to give props to him. I think he did a great job. He made a career out of nothing, fucking nothing. I wonder if Polly ever paid him. Yeah, I wonder too. <laughs> I wonder. It doesn't seem like he should be paid for that. He fucking did nothing, right? right. <laughs> he was cool though. Yeah, he was cool. <laughs> If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to write to us at sixmanpodcast at gmail.com. For now, it's time to tag out. What?